evening from Plug Hit Studios in Largo, Florida. I'm Scott. I'm Avram. And we are here with episode 575 of F5 Live, Refreshing Technology, for Monday, October 5th, 2020. This show is a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. This week, the EU is reducing the bloat. Uh, Google is expanding the games, and Nicola is trying to hide their fraud. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, through a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, TuneIn, and a myriad of other options through our live stream platforms, livestream.com, Twitch, Periscope, YouTube, or Facebook, or of course on our website, plughitslive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are two ways that you can do that. The first is normally uh, Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, you can go to f5live.tv slash join us. There you can chat with us during the show and give your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. Or of course, you can always subscribe at plughitslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows, including F5 Live, The Pilch Point, Plug Hits Live Presents, and a whole lot more. And of course, find all of the different ways that you can watch or listen. Avram, how are you doing this evening on our weird Monday night show? Not too bad. Not not too bad. Working on working on some stuff. Just got a new new board in to test. Uh, this this is the new announced today. Uh, Nvidia Jetson Nano two gigabyte. Uh, it's an it's a Raspberry Pi competitor that does that has a heavy focus on doing AI and machine machine learning type of things. Um, I've used versions of this before, but this is the new model, uh, which is less expensive at fifty nine dollars. Uh, so curious to see how it performs. Uh, but my son and I were having problems just just changing the resolution so we could see it. So. Uh, on our screen so that was uh i don't know it's times like that that like i really like linux and then there's times like that where you it's like on windows it just be so easy to change the resolution you just right click on the desktop and do it <laughs> and here it was like the font's so tiny i can't even see where to click to to uh um, oh, no. to like to open the settings so i tried to go to the command prompt to do it and like every single thing that i looked up on how to do it online because there's no instructions which specifically on how to do it for this doesn't work anyway go figure i'm going to try connecting it to a bigger monitor later and see see if on a 28 inch monitor i can see the font so anyway it's weird oh aren't computers fun <laughs> yeah but like you always say if everything if everything always went right we yeah wouldn't, we wouldn't have anything to do so yeah yeah, I mean, you know, you got to, um, I mean, the thing though is I'm kind of, it's, this is a frustrating type of error because it's not like, it's probably some kind of easily changeable thing that, and people aren't buying it for the font, you know, aren't buying it for, right. for that. And maybe because I, my fault for what screen I used and whatever. So it's not really actionable on my part. Like I'll try to fix the problem, but it's not, it's not newsworthy. Right. right? Like. I like when there's a newsworthy problem, right? Like, oh yeah, this thing is totally promised to do X, but it can't do it. Um, you know, that's that's a newsworthy problem. Me yeah. 
not knowing how to do a thing, a particular thing in Linux that I might, somebody else might not need to do because maybe they've got a bigger screen that they tried it on or whatever, um, you know, is, is not, is not newsworthy. So <sighs> we will, uh, we will see, but it's good to see that, um, that NVIDIA is getting into uh, a lower price point where people yeah. might be able to actually do a little bit more, a little bit more AI. Um, you can do AI on a Raspberry Pi, uh, but these are supposed to be quite a bit faster and that for, for things like object recognition, and that could make a difference, um, for, for many types of projects. Yeah. Um, and for a, example, this past. And a piece of hardware at that price point makes it, uh, makes it way more attractive to be able to be built into a thing and stuff like that. There's, there's a lot of benefit yeah. there. Yeah. Um, I'll just say this. I interviewed this, uh, this man, Ahad Cove, who is a maker who has his own channel on YouTube. I recommend looking up cause he's got awesome videos. Um, that's Ahad, A-H-A-D Cove, C-O-V-E. Anyway, I interviewed him on a show of mine last week and he was talking about how he used the big brother of this, the Xavier NX, uh, to detect when the garbage truck is coming down his street. Uh, and then it sends a message to his garbage can, which has a Raspberry Pi inside and motors that he built, and it will drive to the curb so that it, so that it meets the garbage truck. So the garbage truck will will pick it up and, and dump the garbage. So I see he said I see his video about it on YouTube. Self driving yes. garbage can that takes itself out. Yes, it's awesome. So part if you watch the video he uses he said he he could use this but it wouldn't be quite as fast he uses the xavier nx and he has it pointed out the like a webcam attached and pointed out his window and it knows when the garbage truck is coming and he did all this stuff to train it and he said like if he used a raspberry pi maybe it would get like one or two frames a second and the garbage truck might be might have gone by you know might be too late might not be fast enough right to uh to get it before and send the garbage can out before it's too late. So um, anyway, that's why you need faster. Yeah. I, so you can make a self-driving garbage can. I cannot wait to, uh, <laughs> to watch this video. I love that he has a GitHub link for the project. So if you want to implement his own thing, he's, he's got the code. He's there. got amazing. He's got amazing projects, and he told me that his next project he's trying to work on, which sounds like it could be so ambitious that maybe he'll have to cut it back, in my opinion, is he wants to have a self-driving desk, but not one that drives within his home, but one that drives on the street to his office. Okay. Um, so like the... Like that's the, like a self-driving car. Like the Melissa McCarthy, uh, Sean Spicer thing that she took around New York. Uh, for Saturday Night Live. Oh yeah, I guess like that. <laughs> that one of my favorite. Yeah. Oh, SNL's been a lot of misses lately, but that one was a huge yeah. hit for me. Yeah, that was funny. Okay, yeah. I can see that. That would be a fun little project to do too. You're absolutely right. It's super ambitious. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking yeah. at his at his channel. He's got all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, really, uh, really cool. So, you know, um, 
I'm I'm looking forward to using this opportunity to learn uh, learn more about object recognition because I really don't. Every time I try to learn, uh, I get really confused. Um, but Nvidia is putting out some new tutorials, so maybe that they will help me. I get really confused about all the different things that you need to know to make your own model in AI so that you can, rather than downloading a pre-made one, which is boring and just, you know, great, it can tell I'm a person, wonderful, but who cares? Like it can tell the difference between me and my son or it can tell something really, really specific. Um, yeah. That's what I like to build. That that's That's one of the things that I have also been intrigued by but have not engaged in because i tend to not have enough time to to mess with stuff like that but uh, <laughs> i'm i'm intrigued by it i've been involved in a in a uh socom uh project where we we did audio training instead of video training but it was still object recognition we were in particular we were listening for the sound of a drone in uh in audio across just normal everyday sound and so training is definitely definitely interesting but visual training definitely more complicated than oh that's a drone <laughs> well i cannot wait to check out this channel there's so much fun stuff so thank you just on that abram that was <laughs> mm -hmm. i'm i'm looking forward to that was that was he uh on the show this week Yes, he was on the podcast, uh, the show that I do on Tuesdays. He was our our special guest. Um, so yeah, we uh, we have some really fantastic some really fantastic guests on our show. For sure, I have not normally I watch live, <laughs> but uh, I was big into client stuff on Tuesday, so I didn't get a chance. So I that's on my list of things to do. So I'm I will check that out and then check his channel out. Uh, so. Thank you on that. Uh, um, in in Plug Hits Live world stuff, uh, we've got Roboticon, uh, whatever we end up calling it, let's say Roboticon at home, <laughs> coming up uh, in a couple of weeks, which we're pretty excited about. We're going to do uh, across a couple of weeks, uh, a couple of weekends, we're going to do some First Tech Challenge, remote competitions, first robotics competition, Remote competitions, Ooh, that's hard to say. Uh, some skill, skills challenge stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, it is going to own the studio for a while. So there is a, uh, a little bit of time coming up where we may or may not be able to do a regular Sunday show. We will keep you updated through, uh, through social media. Hopefully everything will go so that we can do the show. But just in case, uh, we'll keep you updated through social media. Um, but since nothing else is really going on right now, let's get down to some news. This week's Nifty Gifties and F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, a tablet, an Xbox, games, or a whole lot more like VR and AR headsets, phones, and more. You can get them all at the Microsoft Store. And remember that it's not just current students, but current students, uh, faculty, parents, 
and uh, active military can all save up to 10% on almost everything. And you can find out about all of that by going to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. I like that expansion to teachers and parents. Um, anyway, not what we're going to talk about. Uh, let's talk about bloatware. It is something that has plagued computing devices for as long as we can remember. Uh, laptop and desktop manufacturers loading the, the actual desktop with all kinds of apps and things that you were probably never going to use. Um, most of them uh, have been easily removable with the exception of maybe uh, Norton antivirus trials um, that seem to get stuck in the computer for all time. Um, but they've always been annoying. You get a new computer, you turn it on, and you spend the first hour having to uninstall garbage that came pre-installed so that you can clear up some space. Um, obviously, bloatware uh, is not exclusive to computers. It came over to mobile devices. Uh, definitely when you think of bloatware on mobile devices, most people tend to, uh, to think uh, to the Android side of things because the manufacturers all put their own things on. And then you have the carriers uh, that put their own things on on top of it, uh, which is absolutely obnoxious. Um, but Apple has the problem too. It's just most of their stuff has their name on it. Um, but it's just... They come with so much garbage that you have no interest in. And one of the problems has been that a lot of it cannot be removed. Um, Apple over the last 18 months or so has done a lot of work to make uh, a lot of their pre-installed garbage uh, uninstallable. But everybody with an iPhone knows that they have a folder called garbage where they dump all of the stuff that's not uninstallable. Um on Android, you actually have apps that can't be removed. I have a, I've got a, what, a Galaxy S10 uh, that is uh, configured for AT&T. And AT&T's got some sports thing on there I can't get rid of. There's there's about a dozen apps I'd Can't you to... disable it, though? I can disable it, but it's still going to be in the list. And it's still I gonna... thought disabling takes it off the list. I don't know. We may have to talk about that. Does it get? Does it clear up your space? Probably not. It's still going to be installed. No, right? no. But what it would do? What it would do? And I don't. I haven't tested this on the latest Android. But what it should do is it should. I think the icon would disappear from your drawer, okay. and it would not try to update itself. Okay. Well, at least there's and that. It would not. And it would not run in the background because there's a lot of apps that you don't think are running in the background that are running in the background. Yeah. When you look at what's in your memory, it might that sports app might be eating up a little tiny bit of memory. Oh, it absolutely uh, is. And for something you never ever ever use. So, you know, if you disable it, at least it can't zap any more system resources. That's good. And I mean and possibly bandwidth with trying to pull RSS feeds and stuff in the background. Yeah, right. So, you know, you stop that, but but it's still there. To be fair, it's still there, but it's not. I mean, most of the apps that they install on these are not using that much of your storage. True. I mean, maybe they're are they using what fifty, a hundred megabytes? I think the sports one's one hundred and eighty. It's and I think it's the biggest one. I can't uninstall. I mean, that's annoying. 
for sure. But how how big of a how what what what's the storage on on the lowest storage you'd get on the S10? Sixty four. Sixty four. Something. Yeah. So you know, is it mean one gigabyte out of your sixty four, or maybe a lot less than that, is wasted on stuff you can't get rid of? Yeah, but you know the disabling process. Even I didn't know about it until just now. Yeah. So a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people must not know that that's possible. If I didn't know, <laughs> I could do it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's yeah. Look, it's not, it's not ideal. You should right. just be able to remove it. Right. Period. And um, the EU is working to make that the reality. Um, they want to make it. So that uh, pre-installed apps, obviously minus the the core essentials, right? Your phone app, your text app, your contact app. Um, but all of this additional stuff is removable going forward, which is, I think, a really great move. And it seems I, it's possible that Samsung might produce two versions of the same phone, some with the stuff disabled, uh, you know, uninstallable and some not, but a lot of manufacturers are going to make one, one batch. And uh, so we may be able to uninstall stuff too. Obviously it's not going to affect AT&T cause they're still going to bite you with, with stuff like that. But uh, you know, every little bit helps, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a. I mean, your carrier is going to put the bloatware on there. If the phone, and don't think that the phone vendor will refrain from putting bloatware on it because they they're not allowed to put bloatware on it in Europe. Because um, I'm sure they have a slightly different software stack for different regions. So it, I'm I'm sure that. I mean, for the United States, if like you had one state like California outlaw it, then maybe it'd be like gas standards where California California fuel economy standards are uh, drive the whole nation because they don't want to make two versions of the cars. Right. Um, uh, but I don't think until that that's going to happen. Until 2030 or whatever, when the car companies probably will stop selling in California. But that's a whole different con conversation yeah i mean that's that's another <laughs> that's another story but anyway um yeah so bottom the, line the, the eu um, the eu or kind of its predecessor uh definitely put a lot of pressure on microsoft back in the day and uh it changed a lot of things uh to the point where internet explorer doesn't even have a statistically significant portion of the internet of the the browser space today um went you know and that was a lot of that a lot of that push came from from uh europe <laughs> it wasn't quite the eu that we know today but it you know that came from from europe uh that that pushed the the deintegration of the browser thing so you know we may see we may see Google and Apple be responsible for this. And if Google and Apple are responsible for it, the likelihood of there being a European Android and a, you know, of, of a core capability like that is probably pretty slim. 
So who knows? Who knows what might come out of this? But it is good to see that that we're not the only ones that are annoyed by by software that's pre-installed that nobody could ever possibly want. Samsung, I'm looking at you and your browser. Uh. <laughs> so funny. I had to I, I had to explain that to my son. Like a, I forget when it was like a year or two ago when I gave him my old phone to play with. Uh, and he was using the Samsung browser and I think he liked it better than Chrome. And I said, why? And he's like, I don't know. It's the Samsung browser. And then he asked me like, why is there Samsung browser? And I didn't really have a good explanation for him as to why there should be a Samsung browser. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I don't know if it's still true because I haven't used the Samsung browser in a long time. <laughs> But it Samsung browser actually had some features that Chrome didn't like. Last I checked, like the ability to change your fonts and do some other customizations in the settings that you can't do in mobile Chrome. But nevertheless, I think people want the standard, particularly when it synchronizes with your other devices. Yeah, and and that's the reason why I use the the mobile Edge browser because it syncs with my other devices. Um, but. I, never the Samsung browser. Uh, the <laughs> I, I don't know anybody that's that invested in the Samsung ecosystem that even if it did sync between their devices that it would matter. Uh, plus, uh, both Edge and Chrome can, uh, can uh, initiate a sideload of an app, but the Samsung browser cannot. <laughs> I have no idea. Like, I have no idea why anybody... Aren't they wasting money? Just as a side note, aren't, isn't Samsung wasting money on building such a thing? Yeah. Because, I mean, they have to maintain it, right? They, I mean, it kind of costs them money to have developers program this thing. It's not yeah. exactly easy to run your own web browser, right? Uh, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe it uses, maybe it uses um, the rendering. It probably uses the rendering engine from somebody else, but still. It does. It's it, spends it, uses, some time on it, it uses the Chrome rendering engine behind the scenes, but it can put stuff on top of it like font capabilities and things like that. But but yeah, it's bonkers. I <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> the possibility is there that in the future, if uh, if this law called the Digital Services Act gets passed uh, through all eighty five steps that it takes in the EU to pass something uh, we might, we might see some, uh, some nice changes even outside of the EU. This week's Pilch Point with Abram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus, it's available for almost all of your devices. And you can get a special price and a 31-day money-back guarantee by going to pilchpoint.live slash purevpn. All right, Abram. We've got all kinds of hardware stuff going on right now, right? Current, future. Past. Yes. <laughs> yes. So there's a lot going on. Um, despite the fact that a lot of people have been at home for 
uh, working from home and going out less um, the last many months. Uh, things are still heating up in the hardware space with a lot of new hardware coming out. So uh, just a few, and I'm talking about PCs here, but I could also talk about consoles uh, because we know that we know that the new Xbox and the new PlayStation, the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5 are going to be out around November and they will be using new AMD graphics cards inside, uh, which is interesting because we are also expecting uh, some new AMD graphics cards to be announced for the PC later this month. Um, those are going to be called the unofficial name of those is big navi or whatever but the the leaked um names of the cards are likely to be uh the leaks suggest that the names of the cards are likely to be uh radeon rx 6900 6800 and 6700 uh and uh they should be really fast but can't really say for sure yet <laughs> uh but but what we do know is really fast are the new NVIDIA cards. And we've talked uh, on and off about the surging demand for these. So it was just a couple of weeks ago that the that NVIDIA um, rolled out the RTX 3080. Um, and the demand for the RTX 3080 an ostensibly seven to eight hundred dollar card, um, it is so high that now, if you want one, the main place you can get it is eBay from a scalper for fifteen or sixteen hundred dollars easily, uh, or more, um, because these cards deliver higher performance than the previous top of the line, the, the 2080 Ti. Uh, and then NVIDIA came out with a 3090, their expensive, super expensive $1,500 card. Uh, the fifth, this card is also sold out everywhere. And if you want one, you can find it on eBay for three to $4,000. Now, Jeez. What's, why this is happening is there's just a lot of bots out there. Uh, and people are paying for bot services to speculate and buy these up. But um, interestingly, just today, NVIDIA CEO Jensen Wong was asked during a Q&A because NVIDIA is having a conference now, the GTC, um, whether uh, when the supply is going to get better. And he said it's not a supply problem, it's a demand problem, that there's so much demand for these new cards. And they haven't even come out with the 3070, which is gonna be the 499 card that is supposed to, you know, even be faster than the previous gen top of the line 2080 Ti card. But there's a good chance for people who want those cards that the situation won't get a lot better until a new year. I mean, they should keep trying. And at Tom's Hardware, we have a page called Where to Buy the RTX 3090, 3080, and 3070, where we give you links to all the places where you might be able to buy one or sign up for an in-stock alert. But when something's in stock, wow, it's gone really fast. Um, 
so what we're so what we know from both AMD and Nvidia is there this is a trying time to buy a graphics card because uh, or to buy a new computer with a graphics card in it because the old gen cards like the 2000 series from uh, from Nvidia or the um, the Radeon you know RX 5758 and 5900 um, XT cards are still on the market but we know that these faster cards are either already out but you can't get them or coming very soon so it's it's a tough time because the price on the cards they're displacing hasn't dropped significantly yet um and may and may not because nvidia is really just trying to phase those old cards out if you're looking for a, a budget or a mid-range card like one of the gtx 1660 uh super which i used in my 800 pc build that we talked about a few weeks ago uh that's those are still available for decent prices like 230 bucks um but if you're looking for you know a more premium card you the, the advice might be to to wait it out and see if you can get one um if you possibly can wait it out uh speaking of speaking of waiting it out we also see um some things going on with um with laptops so the new um newest laptops now all have intel 10th generation tiger lake uh that's they're called actually 11th generation tiger lake processors um definitely um there have been a couple out already we've tested them the graphics performance is if you you know if if you're buying something that's not a gaming notebook, you're buying something you know with integrated graphics only. The gaming performance, the the, the graphics is much better than ever before, and the overall performance is really really strong um, on on the different Tiger Lake laptops that are coming out. We know you know that all the vendors pretty much are releasing new laptops, and, and along with it, they're also coming with uh, Thunderbolt four for the first time, um, which is, uh, going to have very slight improvements over Thunderbolt three. So, um, so we see, we see that happening and then we don't know for sure what they're going to announce, but, uh, but coming up very soon, uh, this week, in fact, uh, AMD is supposed to have an event where they're going to talk about um they're going to talk about um the next um the next desktop cpus that they have which are codenamed zen 3 um and we will we will find out how soon how soon those chips will come out um but that's another thing to kind of keep an eye out for so there's a lot of new processors coming out. Um, we can't even sleep on Intel at some point releasing its next generation of desktop chips, the Rocket Lake, codename Rocket Lake chips. Um, so there's a lot of new hardware coming out. This is a time when obviously we're coming to the holiday season. So if you need a system, if you want a system, 
it's it's a good time to buy there'll be good deals but there also are new things coming out for people who want things that are on the cutting bleeding edge um they may want to hold out at least hold out to get till they can get something that has an rtx has one of the new nvidia rtx cards or uh, when they come out one of the new amd cards uh, because those have an unprecedented level of performance for the money so in general what we're saying is uh if you're a, a bleeding edge kind of a fan now would be a good time to hold off i mean if you can get it you know you sure what we are seeing is that you may have a better chance of getting a system with the rtx 3080 in it than buying the card so if you want to buy a pre-built desktop you may find some pre-built desktops with with them your way um not an easy way it may be an easier way but yes it's it's a challenge and the challenge may continue for for quite a while until stock normalizes it whether it's a demand problem because demand is so high or a problem of people scalping it or uh or the company's not producing enough is anybody's anybody's guess but the end result is the same uh it's hard to get a hold of some of these things and this is all the same thing is happening with the consoles i think people are you know some people managed to get in on the pre-orders for the new xbox um and you know for playstation but those are also going to be very difficult to come by yeah for sure uh like we've talked about uh over the past couple of weeks both microsoft and sony saw big pre-order uh, inventory issues uh sony's was a little stranger because the way they set themselves up uh with retailers just going live when they wanted to but um uh but yeah it seems like all of the all of the computing pre-orders have been disastrous and like we've talked about it probably has a lot to do with with these bots though you know it's a it's a three-point thing and it <laughs> it shifts around whether it's demand supply or um or bots uh different ones have you know lean a little harder one way or another but i think all three of them uh play in in all of these especially with supply you know manufacturing being a bit of an issue in 2020 yeah that's that's definitely played uh part in all of this as well so uh you said you've got You've got uh, availability lists on the website. We've got yes. So I think the best place to go, particularly if you want a NVIDIA card, come to Tom's Hardware. And we've got an article called Where and How to Get an uh, RTX 3090, 3080, or 3070 card. Uh, we have all the links in there to where you might get it, even to getting it on eBay. Uh, if, you, if money has absolutely no object to you, um, but, um, other than the, but, you know, we will give you the best advice uh, you to put yourself in the best position to get it, but, uh, it's, 
it's really it's really difficult right now to to get those cards hopefully it clears up a little bit uh or it could end up being like webcams <laughs> who knows yeah where just... webcams have been you know late uh they were you couldn't get a webcam for the longest time i mean you couldn't get a name brand you couldn't get any webcam for a while then the market seems to have recently been flooded with a lot of third party web not third party they're all third a lot of sort of no name brand webcams that no one's that nobody's heard of and then a logitech which is the big player in the space you finally start to see some logitech um listings for some logitech webcams but they can't they they come and they go very quickly and and obviously in logitech's so, case you know i think it could end up being like that obviously in logitech's case for good reason because they they own the webcam space yeah i mean they i mean they do but i mean the shortages of these nvidia cards are in a sense, in, in their space, I mean, NVIDIA right now owns the high end. Mm -hmm. There's no AMD chip that can compete with those chips. They don't even support ray tracing, maybe the next gen. So even if the card is not NVIDIA's first party brand, if you buy a card with an RTX 3090 or 3080 in it, NVIDIA made, you know, NVIDIA made the chip, so mm -hmm. the GPU. So that's... Um, you know, in a sense, they're also are dominating the market. But yeah, I think what happened with webcams is people have realized that they're doing a lot more meetings and they want good quality webcam, not the not the garbage that comes on your laptop. There's almost no uh, computer that has built in laptop. Yeah, they're they're all pretty bad. Yeah, and then for some people, they go and damage them and it all looks like the last season of full house i'm uh talking about one of our, <laughs> uh, i'm talking about one of our hosts marissa who uh managed to dent her uh her built-in webcam and so everything has this bizarre soft focus to it until she gets right to the edge of the screen and then it clears up <laughs> that that's weird. My my webcam has been broken pretty much since I got it. Got this laptop two years ago, and you know I never wanted to bother to send it in to get fixed because I just wanted to be without it for a few weeks, right. and I just almost never use the webcam. Every now and again, though, I'll be sitting on the couch or something, and wish that I had the built-in webcam just mm -hmm. for that kind of occasion. But um, the quality is just not not very good. Yeah. The uh, the quality of the quote unquote webcam on my uh, on any of my phones is better than the one, including my phone from uh, Microsoft, yeah. is better than the webcam on my computer from Microsoft. Yeah, they just don't they just don't try. They don't yeah. even really try. I mean, the company's been like that would be something that a company could really crow about. Like, look, we've got a really good webcam on our laptop, and especially now. Mm-hmm. They don't try. Yeah, today in particular, they could they could really differentiate themselves from the pack if they had a decent webcam built in. Just even decent webcam built in versus the absolute garbage that is on 
most laptops. At least we've gotten away from the the uh, up the nose webcams. Uh, <laughs> what a stupid idea. Anyway, poor quality and weirdly placed. Anyway, um, obviously uh, we're seeing, like we're saying, we're seeing a lot of a lot of hardware shortages and then new products coming. Which, like we said, honestly, like we said when when. Uh, the Sony pre-order thing happened. We said anytime a new product comes out, things get a little weird. And one of the weird things is that you can't always get a hold of them at launch. And right now it's worse than ever. So uh, definitely check out Tom's Hardware for uh, for some some places that you can get it. And as always, Avram, I, uh, I appreciate the topic and I look forward to what we talk about next. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Razer. Get all the accessories you need to up your game on your PC, console, or mobile device from Razer. Whether you're looking for a gaming mouse and keyboard like we use here in the studio, uh, a new ring light uh, to make your webcam and your Twitch stream better, or an entire gaming setup like the Razer Blade 15, you can find it all at Razer by going to f5live.tv slash Razer. So it's been a little over a year since uh, since Google first tested their Google Play Pass subscription service, uh, which was nearly immediately copied by Apple uh, in the Apple Arcade. Um, but the idea is that for a single monthly plan, uh, you know, single monthly fee, you can get a whole bunch of mobile games and their content um, included. Which for mobile gamers is a really big can be a really big deal. Um, I know uh, both services have seen um, surprising growth more than I think either one of us expected uh, when Google first announced this. Especially when we talk so much about subscription fatigue, um, but Google has seen enough success with it that they have spend their time uh, getting contracts and content uh, together to expand to 24 new countries. Uh, and that is an expansion from 10 to 34. So that is a huge expansion of the service. And um, it's not an easy task because it's not like the 100 games that are available in the U.S. are the same games that will be available in Germany because those games may not be in German. Uh, <laughs> They, they may not uh, have content in Germany. You know, you may not be able to play certain things because of you know, exported technology in Spain. So to be able to expand at all is impressive. And to have put the resources behind 24 new countries definitely shows that that uh, Google is 100% behind this this subscription service. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, obviously, they would love to have more subscription revenue. Uh, I mean, it. I don't quite get the appeal because, I mean, I still, 
I look at some of the list of some of the games that are on here, and these are all primarily primarily mobile games. I mean, I think they're all mobile games. Okay. There's because it's for for your phone, so it's not like Stadia or something where you're getting to play a PC style game on your, in the cloud on your phone, which I think that could have value. But I mean, are they at least going to fix it so you don't have to do in-app purchases? Or I'm assuming you still have to do in-app purchases. No, that's that's kind of the whole thing. Uh, is that that the whole content of the game is unlocked for you, um, as opposed to having to to purchase internal stuff. So you know, if you look at at um, you know the the Mario, oh, I can't even remember what it was called. Uh, it's pro- it may not be one of the games, but uh, as an example, the the Mario game only had like three levels that were free, and then you had to purchase more. Um, if it were available in in Google Play Pass, that wouldn't be the case. Uh, you'd have all your content. I see that there is a Sonic the Hedgehog uh, game, which is probably a similar business model uh, for them. So, if it's a paid game, you get it for free. If it's a free game with in-app purchases those are included if it's a paid game with in-app purchases those are included um and one of the things that's kind of interesting is that while while um apples is like a hundred percent focused on gaming uh the google one's not a hundred percent because uh i think uh the photo studio pro is part of this the subscription so there's there's other things that have in-app purchases that then get taken care of, which I think is a, if you're a big mobile gamer, obviously you or I would be more likely to, you know, lean towards something like Stadia or, uh, or the Xbox game streaming service. Um, but for people who are primarily mobile gamers, you know, this could be a, there's obviously there's enough uh, interest here that Google spent their time and resources to go, you know, build up a catalog in in other countries. Which I I don't think they would do that if the reception had been lackluster, because it's not you know they've got to they've got to build contracts to be able to to pay the developers based on whatever the weird rules are on what you have and have not downloaded obviously the developers are getting paid off of this subscription in some way shape or form uh, so you know getting the legal team and the the sales team all on board it can't be a cheap process to bring new countries on board so there must be enough interest in it to have done it Yeah, I mean, obviously, people are people are buying it. Uh, I mean, it's continued. You know, it, it shows the power that uh, people still, you know, are willing to to pay for game services at home, and then they'll pay for a mobile game service, and they'll pay for streaming. Um, I think we're all going to need like a UBI or something like that just to pay for streaming services. We're just going to need. You know, we're going to need like a thousand dollars a month or something just to just to pay for streaming. So just to pay for different subscriptions. Right. Because everything is a little drip, drip, drab of of money coming out of you. Uh You know, it's like, yeah. So we talked the other day about uh, D23 
DC Universe Unlimited. Mm-hmm. That sounds pretty good. But, you know, maybe you want each, maybe you want the new HBO service. Maybe you want Paramount HBO Plus. Max, Disney Plus. Paramount Plus. Then you. Peacock without ads. <laughs> Hulu, Netflix. I, I mean, I guess the good thing is with. Uh, with Netflix, after you don't use it for a while, they'll stop billing you or something. We were talking about a few yep. weeks ago. It's got to be a full yeah, year. Yeah, you'll though. be so over. You'll be oh okay. You'll be so overwhelmed with the other services. Uh, I mean, that's that's the thing. You pay for the stuff, and then for a while, it's like, oh, I don't think I've used anything on Netflix in like a few weeks. Uh, but you know how how often are you gonna you know go back and forth with it? It's so uh, there's there's just too many subscriptions in the world, but uh-huh. it's a uh, which is exactly it, for, for someone. Interestingly, it's exactly what Apple was trying to address with with Apple one uh, by pulling all the all of their subscriptions into a single one. To, so at least the the overall cost comes down and it only bumps you once. But that's still a lot of services that that you're subscribed to, even if there is a, a bulk discount on it. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's just ridiculous. All the things that people subscribe to to get maybe one or two pieces of content that or games that they really want. Um, they're paying the subscription every month. Mm-hmm. So go, go figure. I was just thinking this week about how little I listen to Spotify anymore. Uh, since I've been home, because I used to listen to it every day on the way to and from work. I've been thinking the same thing. <laughs> that was that was literally on my mind uh, sometime over the weekend. I'm like, huh, because I got one of those, uh, one of the artists you follow has new content. And I'm like, holy cow, when was the last time I even opened Spotify? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, seriously. So I don't know. Maybe save your money and use it for a graphics card or a webcam. Or if you're a big mobile gamer, uh, possibly Google Play Pass. (laughs) This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live is proudly powered by... Riff tracks, make fun of movies, or let these guys do it for you. Mike, Nel- Mike Nelson, Bill Corbett, and Kevin Murphy, the former stars of Mystery Science Theater 3000, are back and doing what they do best, creating commentaries for Hollywood blockbusters and B-movie oddities. It's like watching a movie with your funniest friends. And to find out about all of the full-length features, the short films, the uh, TV episodes, and more, you can go to f5live.tv slash tracks with an X. Now, we talked about bloatware. Now, let's talk about ransomware. Um, a study shows that uh, ransomware is up several hundred percent in 2020. Um, and we're certainly hearing about it a lot more because high-profile uh, companies and organizations have started getting hit, including uh, medical research facilities, hospitals, and more. And uh, as the problem has gotten bigger and the targets have started getting bigger, 
Um, so has the response from the government with the Treasury Department publishing a new advisory reminding people that um, paying money to people on uh, government blacklists or uh, aiding and, and abetting uh, international criminals is itself a crime. Now, do I think <laughs> that the Treasury Department is going to go after, you know, a, a 70-year-old woman who pays a $50 ransomware fee? No. Do I think that the Treasury Department is specifically looking at these hospitals and medical facilities and government entities, because we've seen cities, even here in Florida, um, get hit by this and try and pay it, and the federal government step in and go, oh, no, 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 you can't do that. Um, yes, I think that's probably who this is targeted at. Um, I can't see the Treasury Department acting like RIA in the old days and going after uh, everybody they suspected of pirating, but... I think that I feel like this is more of a like a uh, a warning, hoping that people will back down. What do you think, Abram? I think you're muted. Yeah, I think so. I think the issue is what what is the right way to react if you are a victim of of ransomware. Mm-hmm. Well, that's always been been the problem right what what do you do um apparently the treasury department seems to be actively involved in in the policing of this problem so maybe maybe the treasury department is who you go after i know that that uh anything that's uh international uh funding uh it falls under the secret service which is actually their job the protecting of the president is a small portion of what they do um, they actually are in charge of investigating international credit card fraud and stuff. Um, so maybe the Secret Service, call your local Homeland Security office. I, I don't know. And the Treasury Department doesn't give any help. Just a reminder that, that if you pay, uh, you're also a criminal. But they don't give any help on what you're supposed to do in any meaningful way. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine if I called my local police department that has like maybe five or ten employees to complain about a cybercrime committed against me that they would they would do anything or be able to, to do anything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely not your. Uh, oh, here we go. The advisory looks like it has actually been updated. Um. Victims of ransomware attacks should contact relevant government agencies. The U.S. Department of Treasury's Office of Foreign Assets Control with an email address and uh, two phone numbers. Uh, Licensing Division with uh, a phone number. The Treasury's Office of Cybersecurity and Critical Infrastructure Protection with an email and phone number. The Financial Crimes Enforcement Network uh, with just an email, which is disappointing. Uh, the FBI, the Secret Service, uh, see, uh, the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Agency, Security Agency, and Homeland Security Investigations Field Office. All of those are just websites. So, and then an overall 
a pair of phone numbers uh, in case you don't know exactly who to contact. So they do they do have some guidance now, which is which is good um, because if I were if I had fallen victim to ransomware, I wouldn't have known what to do. I mean, I probably would have called uh, the the Tampa Homeland Security Office and let them push me in the right direction. But that's only because I did that when we had an international credit card issue uh, with our software company, um, and so. I talked to the Secret Service. That was when I learned that the Secret Service is a di- division of the Treasury, which I had no idea. Um. Yeah, they enter. They they deal with counterfeit. Yeah, stuff. The counterfeit stuff, uh, international credit card fraud. Um, Fascinating. Way more interesting organization than I ever thought. Uh, we think of them as the. The, the men in black with the radios in their sleeves. But boy, are they a way more interesting organization than that. Um, so so at least there there are some guidances on, on what to do. Uh, it seems like maybe this, this uh, Office of Cybersecurity and Critical Infrastructure is, is the way to go um, based on the, the names of the organizations. That one sounds... The uh, the most relevant to general general security for this stuff, but uh, it it definitely feels like this is targeted specifically at those big organizations that are that are potentially paying, you know, uh, countries that we have sanctions against, or or you know, even individuals in those countries that we have sanctions against. All of that uh, is is you know a federal crime and uh or you could be paying individuals that are known cyber criminals and are on certain blacklists that you're not allowed to send money to so uh and of course on top of it all it encourages more of it (laughs) the more it works the more they do it so 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 here we are Um, and I, i feel like the government it's like it's just getting out of their hands and they're trying whatever they can to to reel back whatever control they thought they had as, as 2020 continues to spiral out of everybody's control. So, uh, I guess the, the takeaway here is if you get, uh, hit by a ransomware, uh, attack, we have, um, a link, uh, in our show notes, for this episode with uh, with phone numbers, email addresses, websites uh, to report the issue so that maybe you don't have to pay some criminal on the other side of the world to get your stuff back. This week's DRM not included in F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. You know you get free shipping and we have a Prime Day coming up here in just a couple of days, but that's not all you get. You get free music with Amazon Prime Music, free TV, movies, and documentaries with Amazon Prime Video, free games, and a free Twitch subscription with Amazon Prime Gaming, and a whole lot more. And to learn more about uh, your big benefits, to get a 30-day free trial just in time for Prime Day if you're not already a subscriber or uh, links to give it as a gift uh, all by going to f5live.tv slash prime. 
Now, if you have not been following the bonkers story that is the uh, the Nikola uh, hydrogen fuel cell uh, vehicle company, who um, you've been missing out because over the last couple of weeks, some oh crazy revelations have happened, including that um, nothing they've ever shown has been real. Um, the, the truck they showed, uh, didn't actually have an engine in it or, uh, move on its own. It was just, uh, gradually rolling down a very small hill, um, th- that the design of the vehicle was actually stolen from a European designer with no credit given. Um, it has been so bad that the, uh, that the executive chairman and founder has stepped away from the company. And it sounds so much like the Thera, uh, Theranos, Theranos. Oh no. Yeah. Theranos. I second guessed myself. Um, drama that it's insane. Uh, you could almost replace one brand name with the other and <laughs> tell a very similar story. Um, and things have gotten weirder for the company this week. Uh, they were supposed to be pending a deal with GM to actually produce these vehicles, but since the vehicles don't exist, um, the deal with GM, which was supposed to have closed uh, last week, did not, and there is no timeline for it to happen. GM said they are reevaluating the situation, which is obviously not a great situation for anybody who's put money into this company, but here's why it's a media topic. And not a gadgets topic. The, the primary thing that has been in the center of all this controversy has been this, this video that they showed. They used it to get consumer support. They used it to get uh, financial support, uh, investors. And it's even how they got the GM contract has been this video of the truck theoretically uh, driving down the, down the road in fairness, at no point did they claim that it was a real truck or that it was driving. But <laughs> it certainly suggested that it was not just gradually gliding down a hill. Um, and so a lot of people have been talking about this story, as you would expect. Investors uh, from small-time uh, you know, YouTube personalities up through... Big companies like The Motley Fool have all been talking about uh, this fraud and uh, whether or not the SEC will get involved and all of that. And so, of course, uh, in the in the course of commentary, they have included uh, small clips of this video <laughs> that is at the center of the controversy. Because, of course, they have. Well, uh, Nicola has decided that the best way to handle this is to... Uh, issue DMCA takedown notices on YouTube. (sighs) And so investor sites, news sites, tech organizations have all been having uh, videos taken down on YouTube because uh, Nicola has been uh, inappropriately and potentially illegally issuing takedown notices on these videos as if their troubles weren't enough. Right, Avram? (laughs) Yeah. So, 
what's what's sad though is it has a chilling effect on free speech because if you have a dmca um takedown notice against you then you get a strike and strikes yeah. enough strikes and they'll demonetize your channel so you don't want to get a strike yeah three um, three strikes and, and they'll take they'll take live video away from you so um in, in this particular case, there's a, a YouTuber, Sam Alexander, who had uh, three videos uh, struck because of inclusion of this this short clip, which totally falls under fair use. Obviously, he's fighting them, and if, if he wins the fights, the strikes will be removed. But with just this topic, he's lost uh, live streaming. That's it. Gone. And there's nothing he can do about it until this is resolved. Yeah, well, it surely shows you the arbitrary nature of um, the problem of, of how YouTube does does these complaints. I think I think the issue is like a lot of things that companies do with moderation. They're well, it's funny because we were talking the other day about how, on the flip side, people are accusing twitch of not being aggressive enough about moderating hate speech but here you have when it comes to dmca you know take down require very aggressive because uh because those are company people with deep pockets mm -hmm. with lawyers um so you know youtube will always come down on the side of the copyright holder uh so I don't think that whoever is investigating this stuff uh, is well-trained in fair use. Plus, fair use is a defense in court. It's not... Um, so, like, you, you know, YouTube doesn't really have a stake in this stuff staying up, right? Like, what, is, what do they care, right? They're, they just want to get the complainant off their back mm -hmm. they don't want especially the complainant when it's, to take you especially when it's a big brand right i mean you know you could argue whether or not nicola is a big brand but you know high, um, high profile brand yeah we'll go with that uh, but but you know yeah someone who can afford a decent lawyer uh putting in a dmca takedown request well wait a second you know, I don't know who they paid it to look at these requests, but it's probably not not someone with like a journalism degree or right. or uh, you know a legal degree uh, looking at these things, saying, "Oh, I wonder whether this is fair use or not." That probably is just a knee jerk reaction. Okay, somebody co complained. Look, the con this actually happened. Mm -hmm. The content actually is there the context of it is you know we're not looking at the context someone complained content was there there wasn't a blatant lie uh make we're it make it go so that's that's it's very it's very unfortunate uh, but youtube is not a site that is i mean no business is like that hosts video or hosts audio or hosts text um, really wants to be in the business of defending fair use claims. True.
true that that's that's the reality so if you're now one would think that it was obvious that this was commentary but you know i think who who knows it may not have actually been looked at it might all be you know a lot of it might be automated for all we know and so context is irrelevant maybe it's just doing uh you know, similar to what Facebook did uh, when people were putting those videos up that were just static images <laughs> trying to mess with the algorithm. So Facebook started doing frame analysis. Maybe that's maybe that's all that's happening here. Maybe they're, you know, they're like, oh, yep, there's there's definitely 30 seconds worth of frames that are duplicated between this video and this video. And the the first one is is the owner of the content. So let's take down the second one. Uh, yeah, but if that's, if that's the case, then it seems like maybe strikes shouldn't happen until after, you know, uh, a period of time or, you know, so that you can put in a, put in a counter, um, and a strike doesn't apply until a counter is, is struck down, you know, something. And it seems like, it seems like there, there's a lot of room for, for growth <laughs> on on the policing strategies here because like you said strikes are a huge deal we know all about yeah. them uh um because we lost live streaming for a while on youtube um because of background music at ces <sighs> anyway um so they're super aggressive on it and uh and they don't go away and they don't go away until after you contest and win as opposed to maybe they shouldn't go into effect until you contest and fail. Yeah. I don't know. The the strike system is definitely definitely broken uh one way or another and and hopefully, you know, we've brought attention to problems in the past uh as a, as an industry and and YouTube has responded to it, you know, uh, putting putting semi adult animated content into YouTube kids, um, the fact that they were tracking kids for advertising purposes, you know, the industry brought attention to this and YouTube changed its policies. So, you know, hopefully maybe bringing attention to this issue uh, here, especially since it is such a high profile topic with a high profile uh, company and one. 30 second clip that that is at the center of all of it. Maybe, uh, maybe some changes can be affected, uh, through this topic. Well, that is our show. Thank you to those of you who joined us live. We always appreciate our live listeners. If you didn't and would like to, uh, in the future, on Sunday nights, normally at 9 p.m. Eastern, you can go to f5live.tv slash join us and uh, chat with us in the studio. Give us your feedback on the topics. If uh, you're not able to join us live, that's okay as well. You can always go to uh, plunkettslive.com slash subscribe and uh, get easy access to our YouTube channel where you can subscribe to uh, our Facebook and Twitter uh, and Periscope or a variety of other uh, sources like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music, and all of that, you can subscribe there as well. Uh, so that's plugkidslive.com slash subscribe. And uh, I guess with that, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we will see you guys back next time. Ciao.